Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about the election returns that are still a week out, still coming in in the states out west. Uh, Ohio, of course, the election was determined on election night, uh, probably by about 10.30 at night. Uh, most of the returns had already come in, and and the decision desk, of course, for Ohio at the Secretary of State's office, it was pretty much determined as it was in other states. But when we look at some of the states of, of question, we look back at the 2020 presidential election. Again, it's the states of uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada. Of course, you have California, Oregon, and Washington State, uh, Alaska, and Georgia with a runoff, of course, now uh, between uh, uh, the two Senate candidates there. We're going to be talking about that. But uh, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the suspicious. And because there is been, there has been, of course, a lot of questions again with this election, and that does not bode well for our representative form of government and elections in this country. People have to have confidence in the election process, and when there is this drawn-out process of counting the votes or uh, terrible problems with uh, election machines, and uh, that they've had in Arizona once again. And again, these are blue states, meaning uh, the Democrats are controlling the Secretary of State's office and in some of these counties, uh, and also in Nevada, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, and left a lot of people scratching their head as to what exactly happened. Uh, in a midterm, uh, there, I think we need to look at this has been the worst response of the party of uh, opposition or the party that's out of power uh, in a midterm, and I think they've said something, I forget how many years it's been, a long, long time that they've had this poor of a showing at the at the polls uh, after an election in the midterm. Here to talk about that in all the detail is Cleta Mitchell. Cleta, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, Cleta, you were on with me uh, last year. We talked about after 2020, that there was a lot of states moving forward to shore up their election laws and process with a lot of the problems that happened in 2020. Of course, we also had the district redraw uh, in many states because of the uh, census of 2020. Uh, we had Adam on with us who basically walked us through that process of, of the district uh, redistrict redraws as we had here in Ohio. That certainly had an impact as... Uh, there's only 10 Republicans heading back to Congress and five Democrats. So the Democrats in the state of Ohio, the red state of Ohio, I might add, the, the Republicans swept the statewide, the Ohio House, the Ohio Senate. Uh, but when it came to the congressional races because of the district redraw, and let's not forget that it was Eric Holder and Barack Obama that was filing these lawsuits repeatedly in red states, uh, you can actually score them a couple of victories because instead of bringing back a minimum of 12 Republicans from Ohio to go to the new Congress, uh, we are minus two, we're, but we're down to 10. It's a 10 to 5 margin. So Ohioans uh, saw that we lost a congressional seat. We went from 16 to 15, and the Democrats had uh, three seats to the Republicans, 12 prior to the redraw. Now they have, pit, they have basically picked up two congressional seats in Ohio. 
So score one for Barack Obama and Eric Holder in that regard. Now, that, that story's not done yet, because now uh, one thing that we did make sure is that the Republicans swept uh, the Ohio Supreme Court. Uh, we had a problem with Maureen O'Connor joined the Democrats uh, in the district redraw uh, process. That created havoc. And because of that, uh, you know, we lost two Republican congressional seats that uh, won't be represented in uh, Congress this, uh, this go when uh, <laughs> we're all waiting still to see if the Republicans will actually take the U.S. House of Representatives. It seems like they're hanging on uh, the number of 2017 as this program airs. Your thoughts on that, Cleta? Well, that's a lot to unpack, but I will just tell you that I watched that Ohio Supreme Court acting as uh, in lieu of the legislature. It started behaving as though it was a legislature, a legislative body, and not a judi- not the judicial branch of government. There's no authority for our state Supreme Court to draw uh, to, to basically say, well, we don't like the districts, so we're going to draw our own districts. I mean, they're, they're really, uh, that was a really reprehensible action on the part of the state Supreme Court in Ohio, and I'm glad that they, uh, some of them have been turned out of office because they don't deserve to remain in office when they behave like legislative bodies. If they want to be in the legislature, let them run for the legislature. That's my view. Um, but one of the things that I think is ought to be becoming readily apparent to people all over the country is that the election laws, what the process is, actually dictates the outcome. And in way too many states, what's happened is that we have watched over the years as uh, left-wing billionaire donors have, have invested many billions of dollars into basically changing the election systems of state after state after state and pouring money into election official training so that making them come to believe in, I will tell you, all of the national organizations, of uh, the National Association of Secretaries of State, the National Association of Election Officials, they have been fed a steady dogma for more than a decade or longer that their job is to help disadvantaged voters turn out. And what that translates to is the use of our tax dollars now to uh, turn election offices into voter turnout machines, but only not everywhere, not but you know, turning out college students on campus, putting voting roving vans in uh, that happened in state after state uh, where there would be vans that would go to college campuses so that there they'd be getting, uh, and they and they had adopted same-day registration so they could herd college kids to get in line and register to vote in one line and then go vote in the next line. And they had big signs up saying, um, elected officials decide abortion about abortion rights. And election officials, I've seen the pictures, election officials uh, decide about climate change. And um, so, you know, they didn't have those roving vans, say, out in rural areas to help those people vote because they don't tend to vote for Democrats. They didn't have those roving vans, say, at the technical schools or at the plant gates. Um, There was a time when the Democratic Party uh, and their allies would have had those roving vans at uh, at industrial plants, you know, or manufacturing plants. They don't do that anymore. So they're, they are using the election offices in, very, in many, many states 
to uh, target and turn out certain groups of people to vote. And then they have these procedures that have been written into the law that allow things such as, oh gosh, where to begin, allow, uh, allow for the massive numbers of voting by mail. And I don't care what state it is, if you have unrestricted, no excuse, absentee voting, you are what you are doing and what happens as a result is that you have unsupervised voting. You don't have the voting taking place in an open and transparent manner where you have observers appointed by the Democratic Party, observers appointed by the Republican Party, keeping each other honest and serving as the eyes of the voters, uh, the citizens, in in the polling location. Well, that doesn't happen anymore because so much of the voting takes place behind closed doors and where the secret ballot can't be protected where the vulnerable, most vulnerable in our society can be pressured and their votes can literally be stolen from them, whether they live in a nursing home or a group home or a homeless shelter. And that's what's been happening. It's happening more and more. And I can go into detail about problems in Arizona and problems in Nevada, problems in Pennsylvania, problems in Michigan. And the fact is, that once you get that all-male voting and moving more and more to, to, to voting by mail, uh, it makes it very difficult for conservatives to ever win those elections again. And that's what's happened in Washington state. It's what's happened in Oregon. It's happened in California. They've added additional things that have destroyed the uh, integrity of the election process. It's what's happened in Nevada. It's happened in Arizona. And until we as a nation and people state by state wake up and start saying, we've got to do something about this because it isn't about convenience. It is about saving the country and having an open and transparent and lawful election process. And we are not seeing that in state after state again. There's been progress made since 2020 in some of the states. Uh, that that uh, has been the report. But here's a poll from Rasmussen that was conducted on November 8th, Election Day, and November 9th. A poll conducted during and after the 2022 midterm elections found that a majority of U.S. likely voters believe cheating probably affected the outcome of some of the elections this year, it states. Rasmussen reports surveyed 1,000 Americans on November 8th and 9th, both online and by phone, with election-related questions, including how likely is it that the outcome of some of the elections this year will be affected by cheating. According to a report released by Monday, 57% of those surveys said that they think it is likely that cheating affected election outcomes, including 30% who believe that it is very likely. 40% of the respondents indicated they do not believe cheating is likely to have affected election results, including 18% who believe it is not at all likely. These are the highest numbers we've seen when considering cheating in midterm cycles. So, you know, Cleta, obviously Americans are, they know that cheating's going on. You know, it's funny. Uh, when you you know the left says, "Oh, election denier," and prove it that there's voter fraud. Well, you know our organization <laughs> launched a statewide election um, uh, survey and and audit of the elections in 2012 because there was suspicion act suspicious activity in 2012. Barack Obama won that year in the presidential election, and we got reports in our office. And I got a call from the Secretary of State when we released a statement that we were going to c- conduct a statewide citizens audit as an organization. And again, this was led with volunteers and just folks who worked the polls. And
and uh, basically voters across the state, and we would start taking in affidavits. And he says, Chris, what's going on? I said, I don't know, John, but we're getting a lot of reports here, and we're going we're gonna to follow up. I'll get back to you as to what our findings are. And so uh, we were even commanded by, commended by a far leftist liberal in one of the committees before the Ohio legislature. She said, well, you told the story both left and right of, of people that were intimidated by the polls and also by suspicious activity and voter fraud. I said, look, we were just going to release the findings. From that, we did have election reform here in Ohio. That's why we probably don't have the problems that other states have, because the people did do what you're saying. They took it upon themselves. At that time, we had something called Golden Week. It was one full week of open voting, which depicts exactly what you explained, is where you could register and vote on the same day. That does not happen in Ohio. We reduced early voting down from 35 days to 28 days, and then uh, even in that, uh, you know, if you voting absentee, uh, if you if if you don't fill out all the specific information, you don't have time to go back in this 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 term curing the ballot. Yeah. Look, if, if right. you screw up on your ballot, that's too bad. Guess what? It may yeah. not count if you don't get all the right. information right. And so that's the way we do it here in Ohio. I suspect that's what they're doing in Florida, Texas, Tennessee, and these other states where they had where the red wave did appear. Uh, okay, but for the most part. But in these other states where the, the, the Democrats control, the same kind of nefarious activity that took place in 2020 happened again. What happened, Cleta? Why weren't we able to make any headways in those states? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, in some states it's because there was a, uh, a Democratic legislature. In other states there was maybe a Republican legislature and a Democratic governor. So you had a situation. Pennsylvania is a good case in point. Pennsylvania up until 2018, had one of the best election codes in the country. It was, and they were, they kept being told that they were out of date, that this was, uh, that this wasn't a modern election code. Well, that isn't true. You had, basically, they didn't have any early voting, and everybody voted on election day in person, and the only people who were allowed to vote by absentee were people who uh, were literally absent. They couldn't get to the polls on election day, or they, or they were out of the jurisdiction on election day. And so you had a much reduced volume of this uh, voting by mail. And the signature matching requirement was one that they literally had monitors in the county election offices so that people from both political parties, all campaigns, they could go in and they could look at the envelopes that had come in and, um, and they, could, they could themselves check the signatures. It wasn't just the election workers, that you had citizen observers. And in 2010, in Bucks County, there were a group of volunteers who found what they thought looked like suspicious signatures. And it turns out that they ended up sequestering those ballots. They arrested the chief of staff for a congressional uh, uh, a member of Congress, uh, who was a campaign manager who had, who had hatched and was uh, implementing a, a, a fake absentee balloting scheme. There's no way that happens today. Not the fact that there isn't a scheme. There's no way citizens can track and observe it. There's the volume, the sheer volume of absentee ballots makes it virtually impossible for election administrators to actually verify the identity of those who vote by mail. And what happened in Pennsylvania was that the state, the Republican state legislature uh, threw in with the Democratic governor 
and passed a law that became effective for the 2020 election, which now has unrestricted absentee voting by mail. And they did that because they were worried that with Donald Trump at the top of the ticket, they needed to get rid of a statutory provision that uh, had straight party, straight ticket voting. They didn't want people, they thought that Donald Trump was going to be a liability to them, which he wouldn't have been, he wasn't to them. So they agreed to have no excuse absentee voting, but they still had the signature verification, right? So in September of 2020, the Secretary of State sent out a memo to all the counties in Pennsylvania and said, you no longer have to, uh, because of COVID, you don't have to match the signatures any longer. Well, the Republicans sued, and guess what? The Democrat-controlled state Supreme Court agreed that to just disregard the statute. So now, there's no verification. The, the Secretary of State's office reported three weeks before the election that they had sent out over 250,000 absentee ballots that had not been verified. So then citizens started calling the county election offices to say, these have been sent out, but how are you going? And this, well, let me just say this. The Secretary of State said, oh, well, those will all be verified before they're actually counted. They'll be verified when they come back in before they're actually tabulated. And um, so volunteers started calling the county offices, and some counties didn't respond. Some counties said, well, we we don't do any verifying, or we try to we fix it, and we just count it anyway. And some people said, well, we don't even try to fix it; we just count it. So that's what's happening in Pennsylvania, and well, it, it is a nightmare. Well, it, absolutely, and all the early voting in Pennsylvania. So here's what the Democrats are doing by banking the vote. So before the uh, debate between uh, Fetterman and Oz on October 23rd, of which uh, John Fetterman obviously is not. Uh, competent to serve as a U.S. senator. He has some issues. He has health issues. That was evident in that debate. It would have it would have uh, shifted votes away from him. However, the Democratic Party made sure that already a million votes or more were banked already. Right. And so the, these people had already voted. But here's the problem with that, Cleta. Uh, my son, who served in the military in Iraq and five years in the 82nd Airborne, he has a lot of uh, veteran friends. He talks to them, a number of them are in Pennsylvania. They said, John, when we went in to vote, we were told that we already voted. This is in 2020. And he said, oh, it's yeah. happening again in the midterms. And he said, what do you mean I voted? He says, it says here that you've already voted. People are voting for other people. This early voting is allowing that fraud to take place. This has been our yeah. argument for years. It's absolutely happening. And then, so people have to verify to see if their ballots were actually already cast. And in some cases, like in Arizona, there's a situation uh, where these machines that had a catastrophic failure rate on Election Day, your thoughts about that in Arizona? Well, and remember, it wasn't the voting machines on Election Day. It was printers. Because what they set right? up, what they, well, no, it was just the printers. Here's what they did. <laughs> because they have, we got, remember when we all used to vote in our precinct near our home? Well, Okay, now they say, no, 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 that's too inefficient. So now what we they have set up in, in places like Maricopa County are these uh, big voting centers. These are not uh, your precinct polling places. These are large voting centers. And if you live in Maricopa County, you can go to any voting center. So what does that mean? 
they have to program put in you know the information and then it's like Starbucks you know then you get a, a customized ballot based on where you live and what school board member you are voting for and what county commissioner and what you know state house and US house and all and so what happened was that they went out and by the way these are the, the, the guy who's the from the county supervisor who's in charge of the elections was also in charge in 2020 and he did everything he could to stop that audit and said it was terrible and did sabotaged it, did everything he could to do that. So they went out, these geniuses went out and they bought all new printers. And it was the printer settings that caused the printers not to be able to print the customized ballots. And that happened all over the county. And so the lines became one hour, two hours, 20% of, by 10 o'clock in the morning, um, 20% of the printers were not working. And they couldn't figure out how to get them to work. And one of the things that would ha- that happened was that people came in and they registered, they checked in, and they were standing in line, standing in line. And then the election officials would say, well, you can go, you know, you can go to another. We hear that the printers are working at this other voting location. Go there. So they would go there. And when they got there, were told, well, you've already voted because they didn't check out. Nobody told them they had to check out <laughs> of the first location in order to not appear to have voted. So you talk about inf- disenfranchisement, and that was happening where? In the most Republican uh, parts of Maricopa County. Well, that's and you tell right. Me that that, you tell me that's, not, that's a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. so. That absolutely not. And again, uh, there's been a lot of uh, work that was done in Arizona, but obviously uh, with the Secretary of State, which is now Katie Hobbs, uh, she didn't recuse herself. She oversaw the election for her election for governor. Is there a good chance that Carrie Lake is going to be able to challenge and get a recount on the votes in Arizona? Well, the truth of the matter is, I don't think a recount does much good because you have so many ballots that are already in the system that shouldn't be in the system. You have all these people. I I suggested to them, you know, over the weekend that they needed to start gathering affidavits of people who, with their experiences and what they were told and, and whether they even got to vote. And, you know, so those people would end up having to go vote uh, provisionally and they don't even know whether their votes were even counted. So I think that there needs to be a new election. But frankly, I think that the Democratic, I mean, the Republican outgoing governor, the Republican outgoing uh, attorney general, they should they should be standing up and saying, this isn't right. And we don't have a dog in this fight because we weren't on the ballot in November. But the people of Arizona deserve a free, fair, honest and lawful election. But both of them have completely checked out. And so they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. I'll tell you, Carrie Lake isn't going to be somebody who uh, gives up the fight, so I'm sure that she and her team are going to be fighting. I hope so. Cleta, thank you so much for joining me today. Great information. We appreciate it so much, and thank you for all that you do. God bless you. Hey, Chris, can I get people to come to our website and sign up to help us in our election integrity movement? Who'scounting.us. Who'scounting.us. Come and join our election integrity network. Absolutely. Thank you. Who'scounting.org. Dot U.S. Dot Who's U.S. Who's counting dot <laughs> U.S. Thank you, Cleta. God bless you. God bless you too, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye.
Okay, stay on the other side. We're going to be joined by Mike Goldstein from Arizona. We're going to be continuing to talk about the election in Arizona. Don't go away. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue we're going to continue our discussion on election uh, returns across the country. And, of course, now what we're looking at is the problems of the uh, states of Arizona, Nevada, California, Michigan, Pennsylvania. And, of course, these blue states is where we're having problems once again, that basically the red wave did not materialize. Uh, looks like the Republicans will take the U.S. House of Representatives. They will hold Congress by a handful of seats when it's all said and done. And with that, they're going to start holding hearings on a host of things. So we will have divided government. The, the Republicans doesn't look like they're going to take the Senate. However, the Georgia race is still in question as a runoff is uh, being uh, conducted in early December. Uh, so if uh, Walker was to win that, um, then basically you would have a situation where it would be 50-50 and the vice president, Kamala Harris, would be the tiebreaker. However, again, don't forget, you have Joe Machen and you have Kirsten Sinema, who did not go along with a lot of the Biden administration's agenda. So in, in that regard, uh, it's going to be divided government for sure. Uh, but we're going to have investigations with the Republicans finally having the gavel in the U.S. House of Representatives. But we're going to talk about what exactly is happening in the states of question in Arizona and in what's happening in uh, Nevada. And then, of course, uh, there, there's obviously suspicious activity. So we've been talking about the good, the bad, and the suspicious. Let's go to an Epoch Times uh, breakdown of the election 
and the returns as they're coming in. This report was filed on the 11th, last Friday. Let's, let's take a listen. If you take a look at a map of the results, you will find that almost all of the states have already called their races one way or the other. However, there are a few notable exceptions. You have Georgia, which is going to have a runoff election. You have Alaska, which uses a ranked choice voting system, which takes a bit of extra time. And then you have the curious cases of Arizona and Nevada, two states that still have so many outstanding ballots left to count that a result cannot yet even be determined. So the big question here is obviously why? Why is it taking so long for these states to count their ballots? Well, in order to answer that question, let's set aside Nevada for the time being and instead do a deep dive into Arizona, where the Secretary of State's office just came out and released a statement saying that across the entire state, there remain almost 620,000 ballots left to be counted with 407,000 of them being in Maricopa County alone. Now, let me back up for a moment and set the stage for you properly in regards to what's actually happening over in Arizona. Early on November 8th, Tuesday, November 8th, which is election day, we began to get reports of people who are having trouble voting in person. As an example of what I actually mean by that, someone personally, someone I know personally over in Phoenix, he sent me this photo here of what he saw when he went to his local polling station. It was a little piece of paper posted on the wall, which said this, quote, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Our tabulators, meaning the ballot scanners, are not working. If you vote here, your ballot will be collected to be tabulated later, or you can go to a nearby site that is working. And then right below it lists several close polling stations. And indeed, shortly after all these reports began to appear on social media on election day, well, officials in Maricopa County, they came out and they announced that the tabulators in about 20% of the different polling sites within the county were malfunctioning. Here's specifically what the chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, a man by the name of Bill Gates, said as a part of a statement to the press. In about 20% of the vote centers, again, we have 223 vote centers across the county. In about 20% of those, uh, when people will go and they try and run the uh, ballot through this tabulator, maybe one out of every five or so of those ballots, they're not going through. He then further went on to say within his statement that this wasn't actually stopping people from voting, since instead of running the ballots through the machine, they were able to instead throw them into a drop box to be counted later. Here's what he added. This is something we've prepared for. We have a redundancy. If the ballot will not go through this tabulator, and by the way, those ballots that go through this tabulator, they go back here in the machine. If their ballot's not going through the tabulator, then we will ask them to go here at door number three and place their ballot into this secure box. Those ballots will remain secure in there all day long, and at the end of voting after 7 p.m., when everything is completed, then these ballots will be taken out securely and delivered by a bipartisan team, so Republican and Democrat, down to here at the Central Tabulation Center where they will be tabulated. Essentially, with his reassuring statement, he was saying that people who wanted to vote in person at these different sites were given one of three different options. They could either wait around for these tabulators to come back online, they could drop off their ballots into the number three slot into the tabulator, which would be then counted later, or they could drive to another polling location. Now, eventually, the election officials came out again, and they said that they found the problem, which allegedly had something to do with the printers not printing darkly enough. Here was the updated statement from the Maricopa County officials, again delivered on Election Day. Quote, Maricopa County has identified the solution for the tabulation issues at about 60 vote centers. County technicians have changed the printer settings, which seems to have resolved the issue. It appears some of the printers were not producing dark enough timing marks on the ballots.
Well, that is a report from Epoch Times. The full report is with them. We're going to talk about a book uh, that I've had for some time. It goes back to 2012 with John Fund and Hans von Sparkowski, who we've had on our program to talk about basically voter fraud. And it's a book entitled Who's Counting? Now, we just had Cleta Mitchell on with us. She has a website of that uh uh, it's uh, whoscounting.us, and you need to go there and follow the work that they're doing uh, in the states on election reform. Because, folks, we got to get a hold of this. We cannot allow them to steal the republic out from underneath us. And you know, and I know there's some people listening, and, and the political left listen to the, listens to this program uh, that we have on broadcast channel, and then uh, we put it out in our podcast uh, through our e- email. And they say, "Where's the voter fraud?" Many of them know that I've actually participated in a statewide citizen's audit. We provided the findings when we had issues here in Ohio. But Ohioans are frustrated, as well as other states uh, like uh, Texas and Florida, uh, who had big victories, Republican victories, and then look out west where the Democrats are in control and seeing basically wholesale fraud and uh, irregularities and all kinds of issues happen. And it seems to be overwhelming to the people there. They need to stand up and do what we did here in Ohio and get a hold of it. Uh, because these states are important when it comes to national elections. We're just two years away from a presidential election. We cannot allow this to happen. Uh, so what are you saying about what kind of uh, uh, you know evidence do you have, Chris? Let's go to a report right now. This was from Citizen Free Press. This was a poll watcher. Uh, this was in Scottsdale, Arizona. This was last Tuesday. And here is his report. This is his name, serial number, and he's telling you what he saw. Let's go to that report. My name is Stuart Skirty. I was a poll observer on November 8th at the El Dorado Park Community Center in Scottsdale from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. I attest to the following observations that day during my shift. The day started off with high volume of voters and drop-offs without tabulator issues. Between 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m., we had 460 live voters and 397 drop-offs. Lines started at 30 minutes, then moved to 45 minutes, and by noon, wait times were well over an hour to an hour and a half. Tabulator voter suppression issues started shortly after a county technician arrived to check our equipment. Starting at 11.30, we started experiencing issues with tabulators not accepting voters' ballots. These voters were instructed to re-enter their ballots four different ways in the original tabulator, then if all failed, to do the same thing in the second tabulator, then if failed again, go back to the first tabulator and try again. If all 12 attempts failed, they were given the choice of spoiling their ballot having another printed, fill out their ballot again, and try submitting the tabulators again. A 30-plus minute process on top of waiting in line for an hour plus, or placing their ballot in drawer number three. Between 11.30 and noon, approximately 10% of the ballots were failing. Between noon and 12.30, approximately 20% of the ballots were failing. Between 12.30 and 1 o'clock, four of every seven ballots were failing. I'll never forget the look on these affected voters' faces. They were in disbelief that our system of voting was failing them in a mass, in mass, and on the most important election day of the 22 cycle. In the 42 years I have been voting, 99% of which is in per- was in person, I have never experienced such chaos, confusion, and voter suppression. That is a report from Scottsdale, Arizona, and that's a poll watcher, and uh, this is going to be evidence. And like Cleta Mitchell said, they need to start building affidavits there in the state of Arizona. Also reading here from the Epoch Times, Maricopa County has identified the solution for the tabulation issues at about 60 voting center, vote centers. 
County technicians have changed the printing settings. Now, listen to this. That's a catastrophic failure when on Election Day you have these printers or tabulation uh, machines failing at that rate four out of every seven ballots that were cast. That's unacceptable. That's Katie Hobbs as Secretary of State, and then she's the one on the ballot running for governor. With us on the phone is our old friend and good friend, Mike Goldstein, who is now residing in the state of Arizona with uh, Bev Goldstein, who was a former uh, candidate for Congress back here in Cleveland, where they formerly resided. We still keep in contact with Mike, and he and his wife are still involved politically out there in Arizona, and we're going to get a report from them. Mike, uh, how you doing? I'm okay, Chris. Can you hear me? I have to have you on speaker. Uh, we can hear you just fine, Mike. So talk to us about the election. <laughs> well, let me give you some figures. As of this morning, um, Blake Masters has lost for Senate. Um, we Of our nine U.S. House seats, we won six of them. David Schweiker was barely retained. I don't know. I heard you were just talking to somebody from Scottsdale. That's his uh, district. Um, our congressman is Andy Biggs from the Freedom Caucus. We moved to the place where we could uh, finally find some conservatives to live with instead of where we lived in Northeast Ohio. And Andy is uh, seeking to unseat Kevin McCarthy as Speaker in the ho- of the House. Uh, uh, Kevin, it's just been reported. Kevin McCarthy has been uh, he's just been elected, and so that's over. What I want to talk to you about, Mike, is and I know that you and Bev have been out there working on some campaigns. Look, the rest of the country is really frustrated. Uh, this whole this is this is maddening what's happening in Arizona. Talk to us a little about that because Arizona is important going forward for 2024. You can't win the presidency if you can't win Arizona, and you're going to have to get that election problem fixed out there. What's on the ground? Who's working on it? What's going on? Well, we're in Pinal County, and we moved here on purpose, but so we're we're not in Maricopa County. Uh, I heard the tail end of what you were talking about about the ballots that wouldn't scan because they alleged the weight of the paper was wrong. Um, as it happens, uh, we've learned that that is in mostly Republican districts where that happens, not across the board. Also, um, we learned uh, last night and then reiterated early this morning, and there's videotape of it, someone followed uh, ballots from the voting locations to where they were supposed to go, but a couple of rider trucks that uh, made an intermediate stop at a printing company that prints ballots. The truck was unloaded, and a few minutes later it was reloaded, and then it went to get the ballots counted. The question is, are the lawyers for the Arizona Republican Party going to file anything on that? We don't know. Well, it's not even up to them. Uh, Anyone can file that lawsuit, Mike, and what you need is sworn statements, affidavits. We're going to have Congress. There's going to be hearings on Capitol Hill. So this this thing, uh, you know, our good friend uh, Bill Fetter just put out a uh, email the other day about what happened with LBJ and how he stole an election in Texas back there in 1948. Uh, there was a man who was involved in that county of question where those ballots uh, they found uh, mysteriously this whole batch of ballots had put LBJ over the top. A uh, man later confessed, and actually one man committed suicide. The other man co- confessed because he felt so badly. Uh, and he said uh, late in life, he said, we absolutely stole that election. Election fraud and voter fraud happens. It's happening in your state now of Arizona. Uh, to talk to us about what uh, uh, the groups that you're working with on the ground, are they, they mad about this? Are they furious? Because we certainly are here in Ohio just watching from the, uh, yeah. from the stands. What's going on? Yeah. 
Everyone is furious about this. Um, Katie Hobbs is leading Kerry Lake by 18,500 votes right now. Now, not only is Katie Hobbs supervising the election as Secretary of State, which is not prohibited by any statute, she's the one who has to certify the election results. I mean, it's just crazy. And I think somebody needs to file a lawsuit to prevent her from certifying the election. Well, Mr. Attorney, uh, maybe we'll call upon you to do that, Mike Goldstein. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm so I'm so frustrated sitting here in Ohio, and you know back in 2012 you helped us on this. We did a statewide citizens audit. We got to the bottom of it, of all the suspicious activity. There was a real election form that took place here in Ohio. You could always do more. Uh, we pushed for voter photo ID requirement. If it's not in law, it's actually in practice, voter photo ID here in Ohio. Every time you go up now to vote, where's your ID? You know, and they're pretty adamant about it. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we fixed a lot of things in Ohio. I'm ready to get on a plane, come out there to Arizona and get on the ground and start working with you. Because i got to tell you, I don't know what it is out there. I know that in, in, the, in the wake of McCain and that old party, uh, there's a new emergence of a conservative group that's rising in the state of Arizona. You guys are going to have to get control of that party out there and uh, some unity and get a hold of this situation. Your thoughts? Uh, there is a good article in American Thinker on the 11th on that exact issue in Arizona in the history of the Republican Party here. And I don't have the link with me, but we can send it to you. So um, right now I'm just working off of my telephone because I'm uh, in a barber's chair at the moment. Um, there, the recall, the automatic recall, you have to be within half a percentage point. And I'm not sure um, if anybody qualifies for that yet. One of the one of the theories that's been going around is that um, it was so slow because Maricopa Maricopa County didn't want to report until everybody else had, so they could figure out how many votes, how many ballots they needed to falsify to steal the election. There's no that's just people's opinion. I mean, no one trusts no one trusts the uh, the uh, Secretary of State who's running for governor. Um, I'd been doing a, a briefing with Kerry Lake's policy guy. I briefed him for 90 minutes on one of the one of the issues we're talking about. We're working very hard here. I'm not sure who's going to be filing the lawsuits. Certainly, it's going to happen. Um, yes, Arizona's a little crazy. Bev computed that in the 12 months we've been here, we attended I think 183 different meetings, conferences, one-on-ones with politicians and candidates and, and conservative groups. Um, we hit the ground running here and we haven't stopped and it's still going on. I was at a breakfast meeting at six 30 this morning discussing all this. Um, but we're, we needed to win all the statewide offices. And as of this morning, Carrie Lake is down 18,600 votes. Our secretary of state guy is losing by 120,000 votes. Our attorney general is losing by 2,269 votes, that's going to be an automatic recount. That's a very important office. Um, and uh, Is there any races that the Republicans are winning outright? What's the, what's the ratio on uh, congressional seats there? Well, I said we, there were nine up and we won six of them. Okay. So <laughs> from Arizona, here's another report. I want to give this report. So here's a lady, she tweets, my dad just called me from Central Christian Church in Mesa, Arizona. It's a voting location. Insane voting lines. Two machines, one broken, the other rejecting 80% 
of the ballots went down the street to another church. That that one also had broken machines. We we live in a conservative area. If we lose Arizona, you know why. This is her dad talking to her. So these are individual reports. These people will have to uh, you know signed affidavits, sworn affidavits, and there's going to be plenty of them. Organizing that, Mike, would be very helpful, I think, in the cause overall. Your thoughts? Yeah, look for Arizona Free Enterprise on on their website, and they're the ones who are going to be handling this. If the par- if the party itself doesn't, um, again, that's Arizona Free Enterprise. Yes. Yeah, the only one that looks like, oh, oh my gosh, this is going to be an auto recount. Also, Superintendent of Public Instruction, um, our guy is ahead by seventy three hundred votes, but that's an auto recount. His name is Tom Horn, and. Uh, I have meetings set up with him for after the election. You know, I worked hard on the education issues here in Ohio, and I'm doing it here also. The only actual um, win where we've able, been able to go to a, a, a victory party was a guy who's running, his name is James Knox, and he won for school board in, in Queen Creek, where we live. That's not my school district, but it's next door. So... Uh, we do have two cor- – the Corporation Commission here is like the Ohio uh, Public Utilities Commission writ large. They run everything having to do with every utility here, including water and everything else. Two conservatives were running for seats on it, and they beat their Democratic opponents, and I am briefing both of them, Kevin Thompson and Nick Myers. In the state legislature, it looks like um, we're going to have uh, – majority in both houses, but not by much. And um, and uh, there was already, I believe, an election for Speaker of the House here in Arizona. The problem is that it, the House can vote and the Senate can vote and pass anything they want, but if Katie Hobbs is the governor, she'll just veto everything. Well, there's a, another factor that played into this election, Mike, and that is, of course, the Democrats have had major money coming into them. Uh, there's this Sam, Sam Backman, uh, who is uh, the crypto uh, king. Of course, his uh, cryptocurrency company just went in uh, into the can. Uh, so the Democrats won't be able to count on that going forward. And there's actually money, money laundering, they believe, that happened with that crypto company. Uh, they went they went to Ukraine, and then Ukraine made big donations back to the Democrats. Uh, so that story is breaking, and it's going to we're going to hear that in uh, time to come. Uh, also, uh, quite honestly, you can't uh, you know it's expected that President Trump is going to make an announcement of some kind tonight whether he's going to run in 2024. He's going to have challengers. One of them is going to be uh, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis of uh, Florida, who right now. Uh, many, uh, actually, many people I talked to in Ohio want Governor DeSantis. We appreciate what Governor, uh, excuse me, what President Trump did, but we believe it's time to turn a page. Uh, and actually, a lot of the people that he chose to run in certain seats, uh, we can't just lay uh, the blame on uh, the the lack of the red wave. Some of these candidates were not up to the task. We had people that were running for congressional seats here in Ohio that weren't the most stellar candidates. They lost. In fact, Mike, if you've not seen, well, we had 15 congressional seats in Ohio. Remember, the Republicans had had 12 currently uh, to the Democrats' uh, uh, four. Now the Democrats will have five, and the Republicans will have 10 representing out of Ohio. So we could have won three of those seats. 
We didn't win any of them. Uh, and uh, so basically it's a 10-5 split in Ohio. So Jim Jordan's heading back to Congress. A little bit of his tail between his legs because instead of bringing uh, at least the same amount of Republicans back with him, he's not. And uh, Chuck went up from Barack Obama and Eric Holder, who uh, really monkeyed around with the election redraw uh, process in a number of the states, including Ohio, when they filed lawsuit after lawsuit at the state Supreme Court with uh, Maureen O'Connor working with the Democrats, wreaked havoc, uh, and that caused us to lose a couple of seats there. So Ohio instead, now we're going to fix that because we did sweep the state Supreme Court races here in Ohio for the first time. There were party affiliation. We had it in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide where we don't endorse. People at least knew who the Democrats were and who the Republicans were. And that made a big difference as all three Republicans won their respective yeah. seats. So the redraw in Ohio will commence. And I suspect that the districts will get a little bit more favorable to Republicans because they control the uh, apportionment board, the uh, you know, the General Assembly, and so uh, we'll be a little bit better in 2024, but we've got to live with what we've got now. So the Republicans will have a small majority taking the U.S. House of Representatives. We're still waiting as we're um, uh, waiting for the determination of uh, how many seats they're going to get here uh, as the Republicans will take the U.S. House of Representatives. But you've got a lot of work to do out there in Arizona, Mike, and uh, so you know, we're going to be praying for you. What can we actually do at this point? Uh, uh, is there a place where people can contribute to some of these groups that are going to be working on election reform in the state of Arizona? Yeah, I think there are. But um, wow, that's that's a question. I think I will have to uh, text you those answers off off the air because I don't have them in front of me right now. But the, the support is greatly appreciated. We lost Lada in the house right in from ohio uh ohio uh basically uh no not bob latta no uh bob gibbs uh re resigned he uh, basically he retired uh we have max oh, miller who is coming in uh yep, basically he'll be a new one no. mike carey of course yep he called, he, he, yeah uh, he called max miller um called bev called my wife who ran for congress a couple of times and they were on the phone half an hour and she was giving him some advice that was very nice. Uh, I haven't met him myself. I'm very happy. Um, oh, you'll be hearing about Max. We'll have him back on our radio yeah. program. He was on just a few weeks ago. But we only have a little bit of yeah. time left, Mike. So the one group is Arizona Free Enterprise. And we'll be following there and watching what's happening. And again, uh, this is a time, folks, go to our website. We're going to have some articles up there about the election. Also, the book, Who's Counting? This is a uh, a book John Fun and Hans von Spakowski wrote about who's counting. Yeah. This is what we need is election reform. Mike, thanks for being my guest this half hour. We appreciate it. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. 
That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.